everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. We're back at the the last day of May, the 31st of 2023. First off, I'm your host, Karsten, and we're starting off. We've got a special episode for you. Uh, we have both both co-hosts on at the same time. Uh, our Monday co-host, of course, Wyatt, uh, and our Wednesday co-host, Justin. Uh, Wyatt, I'll let you go first. How are you doing today? I am doing good. I'm actually in Denver right now on some other business stuff. And I told both these guys beforehand, I'm, I feel like it's fate that I'm here and I should go to the game. And I really want to go to the game. Oh. The prices are so out of control that I don't know I can justify it. Right. But if you can find a reason, you'll you'll make it yeah, happen. I'm, right? I'm going to go hang out outside the, the stadium and wait for one of those guys peddling tickets to get desperate and you yeah know, sub two hundred dollars a ticket i might go in there right go. now it's 700 bucks it's just not gonna happen gotcha well hopefully you're able to get in that'd be an exciting you know monday show or whatever we're able to get back on again that'd be fun to hear about if you're able to go but um so yeah why it's doing good and then our wednesday host justin how are you doing today justin I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on my own day of the week show. Yep. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be co-hosting the roundtable. And yeah, I'm just just glad to be here and giddy as a schoolboy. There we go. That's <laughs> great, uh, great phrasing there. This is interesting enough. Um, even though they're, you know, my co-hosts, Wyatt and Justin had never really met prior to this. So that's a fun part of this round table, as Justin mentioned, and that's what we're going to be focused on focusing on. We're going to really just kind of talk general basketball. We'll talk a little bit about our own experiences, and then we'll jump into some opinions, some general talking points, and we'll tie it in at the end. We'll give some quick thoughts on finals previews, our predictions, things like that. So um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. My first question uh, for all of us, we'll all kind of answer this, just has to do with our own experiences playing basketball, watching basketball. Um, uh, I guess just let's focus on the playing part of it too. Experience level, uh, teams, and moments that you've played. And uh, uh, I'll go ahead and switch off. I'll have Justin do this one, and we'll go back and forth. Justin starts and Wyatt starts, and and I'll go last on all these since I'm I'm hosting. So, Justin, let's have you start. Your experience uh, just playing the game. Yeah, all right. So I grew up playing basketball. I played it almost my whole life. I'm fat and slow now, but back in my heyday, I used to be, I don't know, I thought I was pretty good. Mm. Um, I would always play like outside, right? When I was a kid, we'd go shoot hoops. I remember pretending to be Dirk Nowitzki um, mm. in the 2011 finals, I think, when they played the Heat. Yep. Um, we'd get all the neighborhood kids together, and I absolutely despise LeBron James, and so I would be Jason Kidd, and I'd be Dirk Nowitzki, and I would be Peja Stojakovic, just trying to be anybody except for LeBron or Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. <laughs> although I like Dwayne Wade nowadays, but yeah, so I grew up playing ball. I played through my sophomore year of high school, but since I was short and skinny, I got cut, um, and then the next over the next years, I grew almost a foot, so I missed a... I don't know, missed some opportunities as a junior playing ball, but got a lot better throughout the last few years. And yeah, that's that's how much ball I've played throughout my life. Gotcha. And then after that, you've done a little bit of, you know, pickup ball and and that's kind of where we cross paths. I mean, we started as coworkers and 
with our job, we had a, a hoop in the, it was a warehouse space and we'd, we, that was where we first hooped. And then lately we've had a chance to play a little bit of pickup uh, from time to time. So, so you're still active a little bit, but not like in a team yeah. setting. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. No team ball for me, except for when we're just playing pickup, but I, I like to, I like to assist on buckets more than I like to score. So every time we go out and play, I just try to get fancy dishes because even even the fat Serbian Nikola Jokic can pass. So if I can, if I can play like Nikola, I'm doing all right. That's a perfect guy to pattern your game after. So, yeah, that's a great slow. One. Doesn't run and just hits some freaking dimes. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Thank you, uh, Wyatt. We'll go ahead and have you share your experience. Um, and you know, I with Wyatt, I he's you know, a guy I grew up with. So we have a little bit of these cross paths there as well, but why you go ahead. All right. Yeah. So I, uh, played basketball my whole life as well. My, both my parents played, so our family was pretty into basketball. Well, through me and then my, I'm the oldest child and my siblings kind of fell off the path and, uh, betrayed the family legacy. And so my younger (laughs) brothers both wrestle, but I played basketball uh, through high school and, you know, enjoyed that. Karsten and I went to a small high school, um, 2A. So I was a taller person on our team. So I played like the center slash power forward position, even though I'm only 6'3". But mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed dishing the ball out to Karsten for some threes. Yeah, no, he was a three-point specialist. I uh, um, it, our, like our he, whole. He hits fresh... the worst shots ever. He he steps back <laughs> and pulls it and just lasers it over me every time I try to block him. He he puts it behind his head like Jokic. Yeah. How do you even shoot like that? Yeah, that's me now. <laughs> if we're talking like when Wyatt and I played together, like freshman sophomore year, I would have hit like what maybe three total threes across like twenty games. Like it was a different, <laughs> it was a different era in my career. But anyways, <laughs> you were still a good shooter. You just didn't shoot that much. Yeah, I, I guess like. so. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah. So since high school, I, you know, have played in an intramurals at Snow College and SUU where I attended my undergraduate, and now I just play, you know, some church ball with group of guys a couple times a week mm-hmm. gotcha so kind of where we're all at as well yeah yeah for sure man and uh i guess i'll go ahead and take off with mine um pretty similar to why it's as far as you know uh that exact you know growing up in the same space and that that kind of background um i started off playing you know as a kid you know doing like junior jazz and stuff there's a, a few years where i didn't really play and then it was about middle school where I started to get back into it and uh, Wyatt and I played on like traveling teams together and stuff. Um, and um, we've had some, I, I remember us being in like seventh grade and Wyatt was clearly the better player because he'd been playing consistently and I was just trying to get back into it and was ultra goofy, just trying to figure out how to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and and I took up I took umbrage with Wyatt just because like he was playing more, but it's like, well, he's a he's a better player. 
and we I challenged him to like a one-on-one. I thought I was really hot stuff and he like cooked me. And so that shut me up. But <laughs> um yeah, both these guys going against them one-on-one, they're they have their own challenges. Wyatt is ultra long, big hands, skilled as well. So he's like a like a Tim Duncan light. And then Jib <laughs> is that racist? <laughs> not yeah. not that's that's L I L I T E light. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't be putting words in my mouth here. But and then then Justin Jib, he said Jokic, uh, a little bit of magic, you know, he understands to the way to move and and I don't. I just stand around the three-point line and and throw up terrible shots. So so they're both challenging to play against. Um, but yeah, cool to to get that perspective, I think, for all of us. Um, let's talk favorite players. And I, of course, already know my answer, and I think most of us kind of have ideas of this. But uh, Wyatt, who is your favorite player or some of your favorite players <laughs> of all time and why? Well, you know, based on Justin's comment, I got to say LeBron. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I, anyone who's talked to me knows that I am an avid or not avid, I should say staunch, um, LeBron being the goat person. Like I totally think he's better than Michael Jordan and mm-hmm. everyone hates me for saying that because I don't know the weird Michael Jordan praise, but I'm, I'm LeBron is the goat person, but I'm not necessarily the biggest LeBron fan uh, outside of that. As far as players I really like, I really like Jokic mm-hmm. uh, based on some of the comments we've talked about earlier. He's a guy that's not super athletic, but he uh, knows the game amazingly. He's insanely smart mm-hmm. uh, and can really take over a, a ball game just with his wits and his, uh, like passing capability and you know all that stuff. So I like him a lot. Uh, I really like. Well, I really liked Giannis for a long time, <clears throat> um, but kind of before he came into his stardom. Now mm-hmm. I I still like him, but it's waned a little bit, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just just because I don't know. I I feel like there's a certain level of you know how people say all press is good press i don't feel like that's the case for my my fandom of the nba players because when they're when every little bit of their lives is getting covered you tend to see stuff that you don't love if that makes sense what so what have you seen from Giannis? that's been just some of his tweets and since they got since they got beat by the heat have been like I don't know, passive, oh. right? like pretty, pretty uh, whiny. I don't know about like <laughs> having lost and people being mean to him. Yeah, I mean, but I I hope he he acts like he's going to use it as a big motivator to go forward and you know dominate people next year, which I hope is the case. Yeah, but like all players do that, and I know they they do stuff that I think I would think is dumb. Mm. But I would never hear about it if they weren't like Giannis, you know. <laughs> so kind of like an ignorance, an ignorance thing there. Gotcha. And then uh, I loved Will. I mean, obviously, I never watched Will Chamberlain play, but like uh, 
the idea of Will Chamberlain and like the highlights that I have seen of him and what I know about him. I really mm. liked him as a basketball player, not necessarily a person. Uh, he had some <laughs> issues there, but <laughs> but I really liked him as a basketball player. I thought he was someone who changed the game a lot, and yeah, you know, I amazingly mean, talented. Depending on who you ask, Wilt Chamberlain was either kind of a not great person or he was an absolute legend <laughs> yeah, off the true. court. <laughs> That's true. Depends on your barometer there, but um, yeah. No, yeah, and and I kind of like that. It's funny how, because you, like you mentioned, obviously growing up playing a lot of power forward center, especially a lot of those names are are bigs. Kind of matches up with your play style, and yeah, you know, that's awesome. Uh, Justin, let's hear. You mentioned Dirk, of course, early on. What are some other players that have been favorites? So growing up. Um... I always had Michael Jordan as the mantle of the perfect basketball player. And so I completely disagree with Wyatt. I think he's the GOAT. Actually, I know he's the GOAT. However, he is also one of my favorite players to ever play the game. Um, he's I When I was growing up, we had like the 1998 um, finals on a VHS tape. And I would put it in the TV and I'd watch it on replay and I'd watch all six games. Um, and I watched them all the time just because I absolutely loved just watching the Jazz and the Bulls, my two favorite teams when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I turned three, my parents gave me a little basketball for Christmas that has all the old logos. So everything from the early 2000s, late 90s, all those cool old logos. And I still have it up in my closet. But I I think Michael Jordan is probably my favorite player of all time. I just love the competitiveness and the toughness and the the kind of cocky, I, I'm a just chew gum while you talk at me kind of attitude. Mm. Um, I like I like that era of basketball a lot. I think it might be my favorite era. And yeah, he's probably my favorite player. Very modern. Um, I don't know, fanboy of me to say. However, I have had some other favorite players throughout the years as well. Um. I really liked Peja Stojakovic. That's something that a lot of people don't know. When I was a kid, I wanted to just stand in the corner and shoot threes like he did, and I thought he was awesome. Um, Yao Ming was one of my favorite players ever. In NBA Live 2005, there was a cheat code that if you use Yao Ming and you pulled the left trigger and hit Y at the same time, he just made the shot from anywhere on the court. So you could just pass the ball to Yao like from the inbounds and then hit those buttons, and he would just – do a hook shot and just laser a full court shot every single time. <laughs> wow. So, so I liked Yao when I was a kid. Um, and then around 2015, 2016, Russell Westbrook became my favorite player. Mm. Um, I really, really liked the revenge era, Russell Westbrook, where Kevin Durant leaves and goes to the Warriors and Russell Westbrook just goes absolutely nuclear. Mm-hmm. And he averages a triple-double for three seasons in a row. He was just fantastic to watch. And every single time they played the Warriors, I watched those games and just really, really enjoyed that kind of psychopath Russell Westbrook <laughs> that I miss. So, yeah, I, he's been my favorite player to watch, too. We've gone to a couple Thunder games when they played the Jazz. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just it was just a really good era for me in basketball. And I loved watching that. Gotcha. Currently, I think my favorite player is Giannis. <laughs> Okay. I just I think he's funny that he tries American food, right? And he just has a really good experience with it. Like, have yeah. you heard his rant about Oreos? 
Yeah, like he didn't know how yeah. to dunk it in the milk, and then the yeah, oh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, so I think those are my favorite ever. Gotcha. Well, and I appreciate you having you kind of went across eras, '90s through today, and so that that was great. And I'm gonna. I have on one more. If oh, I can, oh yeah, if yeah, I can go do for that it for you. Yep. I think my favorite post basketball personality is Charles Barkley for sure. I love go. that dude so much. I think he's hilarious. I think he just says whatever he wants and he kind of just trolls on TV. And that's how I'm trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's your role model for our podcast purposes. Yeah. He's not a role model, but he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 To me. Yeah. He, Pat, you pattern your um, commentary game after Charles Barkley. So I'm, exactly. sure, I'm sure you'd appreciate it phrased and that we, way. <laughs> we probably have the same amount of intelligence like our iq is probably both of us are in like the low double digits so i <laughs> i think it's it's fun to relate to him yeah yeah for sure um uh, yeah and i was <laughs> gonna oh yeah go ahead oh, go ahead Carson. no 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 you go ahead i was just gonna say the other day charles barkley talked about that 98 series that you were talking about <clears throat> earlier because it, it was one of the conference finals games someone pushed off really hard made a shot and he's like hey didn't michael jordan win a series that way <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laughed yeah, yeah for sure i i wish he and mj would be friends again i miss those <laughs> days of seeing them go on oprah and make fun of each other yeah but i guess yeah like obama said he should have never wore that tan suit so <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> They got to uh, become friends again. I'm rooting for that. Yeah, I, I I think we all would like to see that happen for sure. Um, yeah, I guess I'll hop on with my my favorite players. Um, I mentioned with Justin, you know, he went across a few different eras. I'm gonna go even wider. Um, although Wyatt did mention Wilt, gotta give him props for that. But for me, my favorite of all time, full stop, is uh, Pistol Pete Pete Maravich. Um, and I could go on, you know, of course, the phenomenal collegiate career um, made it happen a lot in the NBA too. had kind of a troubled NBA career in different moments, you know, and it's crazy. The one thing I will say, you look at the New Orleans Jazz, right, when they're first formed, and this is the mid 70s, and those are some garbage teams, right? Outside of Pete, they've got like Aaron James uh like a rookie rich kelly like if you, you've never heard of these guys for mostly good reason right but um <laughs> they would they played games at the the superdome you know the louisiana superdome where the saints played and this is a, a, a football dome that seats you know close to probably eighty thousand, a hundred thousand. And they would fill that thing up. They had they broke numerous attendance records because people wanted to see Pete Maravich. And so he, he's a legend. He's my favorite. Other guys that I have really enjoyed, you know, uh, oh, there's a ton. There's, I mean, modern, yeah, there you go, Kurt Rambis. That's <laughs> what I was. That's what I was looking for. No, my <laughs> my my favorites right now. You know, Damian Lillard uh is is one of my favorites for sure Kawhi Leonard those two guys love the way they play across eras you know Larry Bird always is a favorite uh Kevin Garnett um so there's a lot of those guys 
And, and it's interesting. A lot of my favorites are really defensive specialists and that is completely opposite from my play style. <laughs> I'm a completely crap defender. So uh, anyways, those are my, some of my favorites, but pistol Pete for sure <laughs> is a guy that I idolize. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention AI. I cannot see a picture or anything about Allen Iverson and not think of you. Yeah. AI for sure. I, I should have said that, but yeah. AI I didn't know you were an AI fan. You didn't know that? No. Do oh, I even man. know who you are? You, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, I, I used to have, I used to wear consistently, Wyatt knows this. I used to wear consistently the, not the player jerseys, but the t-shirts that have like the, the, you know, name and number like the Jersey would. And I had AI, I had David Robinson, um, Kawhi at one point, uh, Kyrie Irving when he was with the Cavs, you know, so I, that was like my 80% of my wardrobe during like my senior year of high school. So, um, yeah, AI is a, a big one as well. Should have mentioned that pound for pound, one of the greatest players of all time. Um, but yeah, those are, those are my favorite players. Let's talk. Um, let's actually, let's jump to the next question on this. What about fondest NBA memories? We've heard a couple of them, you know, Justin talking about the, the 98 finals, uh, and the Dirk 2011 finals, maybe just some other thoughts there, Justin, some of the others that kind of stand out, maybe like firsthand NBA memories along with that 2011 finals. So I took some notes to try to make sure my thoughts were organized for this panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I listed three specific examples of times where I remember witnessing like NBA history. And it was just something that I've been thinking about a lot this whole time. Um, the first and foremost isn't really NBA history, but it was the first time that I ever went to an NBA game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was in 2006. And we went to watch the Heat play the Jazz because we wanted to see Shaq and Dwayne Wade. And so I I remember my dad like leaned me forward over the railing and I held a T-shirt and got it signed by the majority of the 2006 Jazz. So that was kind of exciting. But I just remember watching Shaq. He was still really good in those days. And Dwayne Wade was incredible. And I just had a really good experience. Mm -hmm. Um, My second notable game that I witnessed growing up um, was a few years ago. I went to uh, a jazz game against the Timberwolves with my boy Jackson um, because the tickets were like 12 bucks because the Mm -hmm. jazz and the Timberwolves both sucked. Yeah. Um, And this was when Ricky Rubio was the point guard for the jazz. And when Jeff Teague was (laughs) the point guard for the Timberwolves. Oh, was this this the one I'm thinking of? The... Yeah, I think it probably was. So we, we were sitting on like the eighth row. Like we were really close to the court Yeah, because we bought tickets and the entire lower bowl just had empty seats the whole game because nobody cared to go watch the Jazz or the Timberwolves. And so yeah. we just went down to the lower bowl. We just sat like as close to the court as I've ever been. Um, And Ricky Rubio stole the ball and ran down the sideline of the court and Jeff Teague flew from the side and just drilled him. And just yeah. like shoulder tackled him into the aisles and absolutely wrecked him. There's a huge scuttlebutt and a large a large argument. We watched Carl Anthony Towns get ejected, and we were so hyped and it was so much fun. Yeah. And the dude sitting next to us, they were Timberwolves fans, and so we started getting in their face. And the guy threw his beer in my face, which was kind of fun. Um. So yeah, it was it was a very good experience. I really had a good time with that one. 
Shout out to my boy Jackson. Yeah. He's driving semi in Delta, so he's he's doing his thing now. But and then I guess my last experience is this will probably tickle why it's funny bone. Um, I like to watch the NBA finals with my grandpa because my grandpa hates LeBron James. And so we watched game seven um, when he blocked Andre Godala and Kyrie Irving hit the most incredible lucky three that's ever been hit and watched that championship. He won lucky. So three. I just, yeah, lucky is how I'll say it. So yeah, we can chuck that whole championship up to Kyrie being lucky and LeBron being a freak of nature. However, mm-hmm. It was a wonderful NBA moment, and I just remember sitting there on the couch like, what the freak just happened? So, yeah, LeBron's yeah. block on Iguodala is my third most memorable NBA moment. Gotcha. Those are some great ones, man. Thank you for sharing that. Wyatt, let's hear your thoughts. you have some sort of Jordan derisive memory to, to share here? <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I, I actually just found these questions and i'm like oh i could have like looked at these ahead of time and been a little more prepared um <laughs> so yeah the the first one that immediately came to mind was uh calves coming back from down three one to the warriors <laughs> and that was like <clears throat> you know growing up i didn't watch a ton of basketball in like my early years but you know getting going through high school i started getting really into basketball and i'd watch the games as often as i could and i remember that being the first like series that i was just like super invested in and it was phenomenally entertaining and we didn't have we didn't have it at my house like the channel so i'd uh, go over to my grandparents house across town and and watch all the games there mm-hmm. uh and yeah that was a pretty pretty cool memory for me i thought it was uh you know amazing that the warriors had just had this record-breaking season as far as uh record like their winning record goes and then the Cavs come back and when it looked like it was over and end up getting the dub so that was that was of course my top memory and then other than that the game six just like a week ago you know when was that saturday night Mm -hmm. right that was an intense ending to a basketball game i don't know if you guys watched that game yeah the the Derek white game winner yeah yeah that was incredible so that was just insane the so Jimmy Butler gets fouled with three seconds left, gets to shoot two shots. But wait, the Celtics want to challenge the play because they didn't think it was a foul. <clears throat> so mm. they challenge it, and the refs look at it, and they're like, oh, no, definitely a foul, but also he was shooting a three. So then he gets three points or three free throws and gets, you know, scores them all and gets three points to put them up one instead of tied. Mm. Uh, and so it's like, oh, man, the Heat won this. And then the Celtics missed their shot, you know, solid defense by the Heat, uh, you know, with three seconds on the clock. But Derek White sneaks in there. I would have been so ticked at uh, Struess if I was <laughs> ever, if I was the Heat for not yeah. boxing out and tips it in with 0. 0.2 seconds left. That yeah. was just a recent, you know, emotions all over the place because – 
honestly, I didn't even know who I was cheering for. I mean, I was cheering for the Heat, for sure. But I also, like, part of me was, like, I feel like the Celtics would contend better with the Nuggets would, and make it for a better finals. So I was kind of okay with them winning, mm-hmm. even though I wanted the Heat to win. Uh, but, yeah, it was just shocking one way or another. So that was my favorite recent memory. Gotcha. Those are a couple great ones for sure. And I'll piggyback off what both of you guys have said. 2016 finals, I think, is if I if I think back on like exciting final series, you know, watching it firsthand, I mean, that immediately jumps out to me. It's such a historic moment. My biggest takeaway at the time, like that same day was like, man, Cleveland won a championship. Like, like the city itself, like not even the Cavs and LeBron, but just like because I never experienced Cleveland, the city, having a winning team, you know, a championship team. And so that that was a great moment. Of course, the block phenomenal. Um, I remember this finals after the Dirk Nowitzki one you mentioned, Justin, the 2012 finals. That was about when I was kind of getting back into basketball and it was kind of the same situation where it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to, I ha- latched onto my dad's opinions. He didn't care for LeBron that much. So, so I'm going to root for Kevin Durant and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because that was, <laughs> that was like my first time getting back into it. And I didn't know who Russell Westbrook was. I didn't know he was like an all-star and a super talented player. And my biggest takeaway was like, man, this Westbrook guy is really like reckless. He's, they need to like sub him out of the game. (laughs) He's he's making it like every time he's on the floor, they're like making it difficult and sorry, Justin, but. um... (laughs) No, no offense taken. I I understand his pros and cons. I just think he's electrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then jumping on that, um, the 2018 playoffs and it was Donovan Mitchell's rookie year. You know, the Jazz were surprisingly still good after they lost Hayward and they played the Thunder in the first round. And after a few games, it's like, oh, the Jazz could actually win this. And watching that game, that series game to game, the back and forth, the, you know, Russell Westbrook's fouls, it was chippy. It was, that was a great series as well. And then the Jazz winning the series was the the cherry on top. Um, Gone to a couple games in person. I remember going to, I had a friend who hooked me up with some great, uh, went with him super close seats. Um, it was a jazz Pistons game, regular season game, not really a, a big one, but I remember Joe Johnson hitting like a three quarter court shot. And I was like four rows from the front and that was really fun. So, so kind of some mixed memories there, but, um, 2019 finals was great too. But for sure, um, 2016 stands out for all of us. And I think for good reason, you know, that's a that's a phenomenal one. Um, All right. So let's go ahead and shift questions here. These next few are going to focus a little more on like our own NBA and basketball, just opinions going forward. Thoughts on kind of where the game is headed or where the game has been maybe a little bit Um, with this first question. Um, it seems like we have, you know, certain eras or certain legends that kind of define a period. I mean, Michael Jordan, of course, with the, the late eighties and throughout the whole nineties, he was like the key guy, um, mainly the nineties, of course, LeBron has been 
the icon of the current players for basically his whole career um, or most of it. Uh, who do we think is maybe the next guy up? It, it could be a player who's in the league now, just got started, or maybe it's someone who's, you know, high school, even middle school, just rising up. That is going to be that next guy. Um, I think we had, uh, I think Justin, did you take that last question? Um, can't remember. We'll have, we'll have Wyatt go ahead, I guess. Cause I can't remember, but. Okay. Um, so as far as who could be next, I think, you know, Giannis stands a, a pretty good chance of being the next icon. <clears throat> the thing with, you know, like, a the mantle or whatever of, being the greatest i feel like you have to be able to do it all you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like Giannis is the closest to that maybe Mm -hmm. his his shooting of course is what everyone talks about he needs he needs to work on his shooting but i feel like uh you know he's got the height the athleticism uh to you know match up against a a center or point guard, you know, he can pull boards down. He uh, can play stellar defense, pretty good ball handler <clears throat> considering everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just kind of his shooting could use some work, but I think uh, he's young enough still that, you know, he'd be a good person for the mantle to move on to. Um Besides Giannis, maybe Luka Doncic is another young, good all-around player that's pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't seen the success yet that Giannis has, um, which you know sometimes throws that into question a little bit as far as carrying the mantle. So you know Giannis, of course, would be my first pick, but. Like a, a Doncic is is up there in my mind. I would say Jokic too. Except I don't know. He he is very good at what he does, but I feel like he's not the all around player that you know, he doesn't have all of the skills, which I mm-hmm. feel like for some reason you need to have the mantle, even though you don't. Like looking back in history, you know, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, like those were some centers that, you know, they weren't handling the ball or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know, as much as, uh, you know, some of the big guys nowadays. But, you know, he, he's another potential person that could take the mantle. Gotcha. So we got a few options there. Giannis, yeah. Jokic, maybe. Uh, <clears throat> Justin. Your thoughts, maybe echoing those same sentiments, maybe some other guys we haven't talked about. Um, yeah, I think I can echo that kind of the general consensus of what Wyatt said. Hmm. Um, but honestly, I don't think there's anybody in the league that's like a a generational once in a lifetime player like LeBron or Michael Jordan. Hmm. Um, we have, but as uh. A caveat to that point, I think there are more superstars now and more players who are exceptional 
than have ever been before, mm-hmm. right? Almost every team in the NBA has somebody who's fun to watch. And I don't think there's any just incredibly boring teams, right? Like for a long time, a lot of teams were kind of just like middle of the pack trash. But now even teams like the Orlando Magic or the Detroit Pistons, like they have enough upside that it's fun to watch them. The San Antonio Spurs next year with Wemby, right? Hopefully Wemby can show out and be everything that people have hyped him up to be. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't think there's, well, I know even statistically, there's nobody in the NBA that's come out with enough of a hot start or been able to hold a position long enough to be anywhere in the same stratosphere as LeBron or Michael Jordan. So hopefully there is somebody that picks it up, but, mm-hmm. and it would be really cool if it was Wemby, although he's French and I don't, you know, you know how I feel about <laughs> Europeans. However, um, however, however, yeah, I think he's fun to watch. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard for me to get excited for players because I get excited for somebody like Zion Williamson and then he turns into Zion, you know? So I, <laughs> I just can't say that anybody is going to be the next because I think that's way too much. That's way too much power and way too much pressure to put on an 18 year old kid. Yeah. That's a great point, you know? And um, I was kind of thinking about that, you know, like there's plenty of high school prospects that you can kind of, think about that sometimes but that is kind of odd to kind of put that pressure there you know um i'm curious just a little side note question what are our thoughts on um brawny lebron james jr and how That's he's gonna translate say. we haven't run up Bronny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i feel like um you know the natural i mean the the dna the genetics um growing up with one of the you know maybe the best all-around player ever um who is like a he's basically a point guard even though he's been more of a forward you know growing up with that and he's more of a point guard size in what's really become a point guard league you know i feel like that has great potential to pan out as him being you know the next face of the league but maybe 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 not you know there's some people who say that the younger brother Bryce is a better prospect in some ways, but <laughs> I don't know. Just a, I, a side note. Yeah. I know that Bronny had a scholarship from Duke university, like a full ride scholarship from the day he turned two years old. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, <laughs> people are banking on that DNA. Yeah. Um, but we also forget that. So did LeBron or so did Michael Jordan's son, Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, do either of you even know that Michael Jordan has a son named Jeffrey? I mean, the dude played college ball. He, he played. Strong. He played at UCF, or yeah. yeah, in Texas, I think. Yeah, yeah, or wherever UCF is. But anyways, yeah, he he had his dad's genetics. He was six foot six. He looked yeah. like his dad. He just couldn't couldn't hang and couldn't live up to that kind of pressure. I don't think anybody can. Well, what about his other son, Jimmy? <laughs> Michael Jordan's. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. Yes. Jimmy, Jimmy Jordan? Jimmy yeah, Jimmy Jordan. <laughs> the prodigal son. Someday we'll find out that that's true, and I just know it. I, I kind of believe it, too, but we're starting to get our tinfoil hats on. So so we'll go ahead and segue to our next question here. Um, let's talk scoring. Obviously, scoring was a big thing this season. It was at 
you know, record pace, individual games. I mean, we had two 70 point games. Um, so every once in a while, when you have performances like that, seasons like that, people talk about Wilt Chamberlain's hundred point game, right? Um, if that was ever to be beaten, uh, who do you think has the best chance of doing so? Of course, this season, Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard, those were the two that had the 70 point games. Um, Joel Embiid is a back-to-back scoring champ, but there's plenty of options. Who do we think might be the next guy to, to come close to that? Um, and I guess I'll let Justin go. Who first. do you want to answer that first? <laughs> oh, okay. I'll go first. Yeah. Sorry. I put two answers. One of them is kind of a joke, kind of not. And the other one is serious. <laughs> um, the one that I think is serious is Dame. Mm. I mean, even though right, not even Kobe could score a hundred. So I don't know if Dame's ever going to, but sometimes Dame just has like a, a 65 piece and nobody talks about it. Um, yeah. I think he's a good contender. I mean, he's tied with Steph for the most threes made in one game. Um, I'm certain, right. If he hit three or four more, all of a sudden, you know, that's an extra 10, 12 points on top of his 70 piece. And I just think he could be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that I said as a joke, but also kind of not as a joke is Michael Porter Jr. on the Nuggets. Cause that <laughs> dude does not pass. I have yeah. never seen that guy have a good clean assist in my entire life. <laughs> dude will get the ball on a fast break. And if he touches the ball, you know, he's going to be the one pulling up. Doesn't matter who's around him. Doesn't matter who's open. There could be Jokic standing under the basket wide open. Michael Porter Jr. is pulling up and it'll be like an in-transition jumper from mid-range. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think some one of these days he's going to check up 57 shots and he's going to make 50 of them. And there you go. 100 points. It's possible. <laughs> you got to be able to to take it in order to make it right. So he's got that much down. Um, Wyatt, your thoughts? Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Firstly, but. If it did, I guess I I would definitely echo Damian Lillard. Um, mm. Yeah, that guy can get very hot, and it's not like he has people to share the ball with, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're being honest. Uh, and then uh, I would say Booker, except now, you know, he's on a pretty dang good team with, you know, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, you know, there's there's some people that are going to be taking a lot of shots that aren't, you know, Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like he has the potential to, you know, of course, he has had some very high-scoring games, and I think he has potential to get up there again. Right. Um, and, yeah, those would be, like, the only two that I – would really say honestly right now yeah so i'm gonna add in a couple names here that i don't know they're kind of dark horse names but it's also like you know why why wouldn't we name them uh clay thompson and steph curry you know i mean because i you gotta have a lot of stuff going for you to be able to score that many points and even if you're having the hottest shooting night ever you know sometimes you need a lot more than that you need pace their style of play is conducive to that. But then also you think about how frenetic that chase center crowd gets, you know, formerly the Oracle arena and the old home. If you get that crowd going, the warriors are, 
you know, like a top team and well, they're always a big draw, but if they're going and one of those guys gets in a rhythm, gets some assists, just gets some quick points. And then the last X factor, if Steve Kerr plays them in a fourth quarter, then I think you're looking at, you know, 80 plus points potentially. Cause I mean, clay, he had what 60 points in like probably two and a half quarters worth of actual game time. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think 11 dribbles. Yeah. 11 dribbles <laughs> and just absolutely pure on his shot making. He made 14 threes against Chicago. Like, so, so those would be my picks, especially clay Steph kind of in there as well. Um, but I'm kind of with Wyatt. Of course, it's going to be a tough, if that ever were to be broken, it would be phenomenal. But I mean, the closest anyone's come in the 60 years since has been um, Kobe Bryant and he scored 81, which he needed 19 more, which is a pretty good scoring game for most guys, 19 points. So it's a ways off, but you know, I feel like some point within the next 20, 30 years, we're going to see a closer attempt. We're going to see somebody maybe even get up to 90 who knows, but yeah, something always fun to, to chat about. Let's do, let's make this our penultimate question. So our second to last question, our last question, we're going to focus a little more on the NBA finals, but before we touch on that, let's chat about underrated guys. Uh, maybe just one player that you wish would get a little bit more respect, you know, outside of your LeBron's KD, uh, Steph Curry, you know, the big name guys, the guys winning MVPs and championships, who's a player that you think uh, should get more respect from the casuals out there in the world? Wyatt, I'll let you go ahead if you maybe have a name in mind. So my first thought was Chris Middleton, Mm -hmm. but it's a little outdated. Uh, You know, he was, he was someone that I was a big fan of during the uh, Bucks championship. Um, and he was someone that, you know, has always been like for quite a while, he's been a name that's big enough that, you know, quite a few people know him, mm-hmm. but he's never been like, I don't know. I, I can't think of people who their favorite player is Chris Middleton, you know? Yeah. But I, I think Chris Middleton is, a phenomenal role player. He's killer from the mid range. Uh, I think he's just a really valuable part of the Bucks franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know. Go to Justin. Let me let me think about it. <laughs> You'll ruminate on it. Oh man. I'll I'll come up with another name or two. I'll real quick, I'll just give yeah, you that's a pretty... um three time all star and four time at four times averaging t- at least twenty points a game for Chris Middleton. Pretty underrated pr- uh, production. Justin, let's hear your thoughts. I was trying to think of current players who are underrated or chronically underrated. And I also thought of a few historic players who are. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, I was thinking J.J. Redick and Kyle Korver to an extent. I think J.J. Redick has an IQ of like 140. Mm-hmm. That dude is kind of a super genius. He's got a master's degree in journalism. 
he constantly checks Stephen A. Smith, and I like that a lot. But also yeah. the way he played basketball was just really smart. He didn't make a lot of errors. He was always just like a dude who could give you, you know, 12 points, five boards, five assists. Get out of the way. All right. Another historic player I feel like is chronically underrated that nobody talks about is Danny Ainge. Um, and the reason that I say that is like he had a fantastic uh, basketball career. Mm-hmm. But he might have been one of the greatest all-around athletes to ever play sports. And a lot of people don't know that, right? Danny Ainge was an all-American football player, an all-American basketball player, and an all-American baseball player. And there haven't been any other high school players to ever have done that. He also played football, baseball, and basketball at the college level. Um, and then after having pro offers from the MLB, he decided to stick with basketball because he liked it more and played in the mm-hmm. NBA, having a pretty solid career. Um, he's another one of those guys that I think he has an IQ of 140. Um, he didn't have much controversy around his career. He just did his own thing and, you know, left in a very solid position. And now I think he helps like win consulting or something with the jazz, doesn't he? He helps them get their players. Yeah. He's a consultant in their front office and you mentioned Danny Ainge's baseball career he actually did play a handful of seasons before he was drafted to the NBA with the uh uh Toronto Blue Jays well there you go yeah he was he is one of the only people I think at one point I read he was the only person to ever be all-state in basketball football and baseball right Mm -hmm. to be the best option for all three sports for anywhere he wanted to go in the country is pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There are two guys that I'm thinking are underrated in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. One being Jordan Clarkson, just because I, I think Utah fans like him a lot, but I don't think anybody else pays any attention to him. He's mm-hmm. got that whole Filipino gang, but other than that, right? Like he's like a 16 point per game kind of guy. Sometimes he shows out and has 30 points. Sometimes he has five. He just he just either gets buckets or doesn't get buckets. He's like a prime J.R. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Desmond Bain on the Grizzlies. That dude just will casually have 35 points and no one bats an eye. He doesn't talk. He doesn't do anything controversial, um, especially considering the team he's on. I think when he steps up, the Grizzlies are really, really good. And so I hope he gets some more attention because I think he could be an all-star. Yeah, absolutely. I think he is a guy that is starting to kind of get that attention and that pull that he deserves. So, yeah, absolutely. He shoots forty four point six percent from three too, which is crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude shoots missiles, lights out for sure. Um, for my thoughts on a uh, player underrated who needs a little more respect, I'll give you one historic and one current to kind of keep up with that trend. For a historic player, I'm going to talk uh, Tom Chambers. He's one of the only guys, maybe the only, I'm trying to remember exactly, who has 20,000 career points and is not in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, He's a multi-time All-Star. He was an All-Star game MVP with the Seattle Supersonics. He was, I mean, a, a big forward, kind of a combo forward, either a small forward or power forward, 6'9", 6'10". Uh could shoot the ball, could drive, had athleticism. And when I say athleticism, he had he had hops. He could slam it. And one of the great underrated dunks, he dunks all over Mark Jackson. He gets up and 
gets his knee right into Mark Jackson's chest and elevates even further. It's a phenomenal one. It's in his Phoenix days. Um, yeah, great player, long career. Um, so he's an underrated player from history, but then I would also go with, um, as a modern player who's underrated Trey young, you know, and I feel like Trey young gets a little bit of hate from some of the Justin's giving me a face. Like he doesn't understand that. What? (laughs) You know, I I have, I have the exact opposite belief of you on that one. I believe that he might be one of the most overrated players in the whole world. But anyways, go ahead. Give us, give us your take and I'll keep the, I'll keep the negative and the fighting (laughs) down to a minimum, at least just for now. Right. So I'll make my case first. Um, So I remember kind of when it was like his sophomore year, third year, um, I think it was the third year, actually. He was, you know, averaging 26, 27 points a game, high assists as well. And he wasn't getting picked as like an all star type player by a lot of these older players. They were saying that it was kind of empty stats. But then it was either that same year or the next season. He's he's able to help lead the team on a deep playoff run to the Eastern Conference finals. He has some phenomenal play. I mean, his, his confidence, he was a villain in New York for a while. You know, I think that's really the thing I'm talking about as far as, you know, obviously he's a great scorer. He gets a lot of assists. He's the lead guy on his team and carries that team to relevancy, especially in recent seasons. But in the playoffs, the, the character, the flair he brings to a playoff atmosphere, along with, you know, being a key factor in winning games. I mean, it was just this season. They were in the first round against Boston and in a, you know, elimination game five uh, or game. Yeah. Game five in Boston. And he pulls up from deep and casually drains a three to, to give him a win in that game. So that's what I'm talking about as far as the underrated, his kind of clutch factor, and how elite he can be in those key moments. Justin, I'm curious your thoughts as to why that's completely incorrect. I I really don't want to have to do this to you because I you just gave a very good reason for why Trey Young is underrated. Okay. Um I think he might be one of the most overrated players to ever have been playing in the NBA. Okay. Because I feel like Atlanta and a lot of people that are I don't know very casual basketball fans like people that are I don't know they watch basketball because they think one of the players is attractive like those type of people are the people that like Trey <laughs> Young right like they used to say there's Trae only he's got a sports. receding hairline how, how can that be <laughs> <laughs> there's they used to have this joke that it was there's only two sports figures that hoes know and it was Odell Beckham Jr. and Steph Curry. Yeah. Right. Because because they were just good looking dudes. I feel like Trey Young is kind of in that same category. Um, as far as playoffs goes, he turns into ice tray in the playoffs. He he goes absolutely horrible. I remember last year, right, and the year before that in the playoffs, Trey Young didn't hit a game and or he didn't hit a three-point shot in six games in a row. Um yeah, in the seven playoff games they played, he hit eight threes, and all of them were in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, he just he has the ultimate green light, and he never shows out. Um, yeah, he's just 
he's just I don't know. I used to watch the Balls Life videos of him, and I would I was like, oh, this guy's kind of good, but I just hated the way he carried himself and the way that he played. Um, yeah, and he's just he's just kind of like an AAU basketball player that thinks he's Steph Curry and will just freaking pull it from half court for no reason. Um, hmm. And I don't imagine he's very fun to play with. Those are my reasons why I think he's overrated. However, not to dispute your point, you're welcome <laughs> to have your own beliefs and opinions. And you gave you, you gave a very good argument for why he may be underrated. We can agree to disagree, right? <laughs> We're all yes. adults. <laughs> yes. It's not something that adults are very good at, but <laughs> yeah, I think we can do it. Absolutely. So, wow, that was a very uh, electric <laughs> end to those to that question. Let's wrap things up. We'll tie it into to what we got going on right now. Wyatt alluded to it earlier. Um, we're getting ready for the finals. Game one is tomorrow, um, 830, I believe, Eastern Standard Time on ABC. Uh, game one in Denver. Denver, of course, the much higher seed. They're going to be hosting game one and they'll have home court advantage. And I mentioned these guys before we hop on. I'm going to let each of us give kind of a quick two minute, maybe two, three minute um, little sales pitch on which team is going to win the finals and why. Um, And Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot first since you were foolish (laughs) enough to challenge me on my Trey Young. (laughs) Well, before you put me on the spot, I want to know who you think is going to win so that I can just say whatever the opposite of that is. Oh, okay. Throwing it back at me. So yeah, I'd I'd like to hear what you have to think. And then I'll just use facts and logic to destroy whatever argument you make. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. I'll go ahead and get it started. Um, I should be a politician. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) I would go with uh, probably Denver in this case. I think it'll be a a pretty competitive series. I would prefer to say a six game type series. Um, You know, Jimmy, Jimmy Jordan is going to keep, keep going, keep doing his thing. You know, he's, he's no stranger to the finals. Of course, he's this heat team with him as the leader. It was his first year on the Miami heat that they made it to the finals that was in the bubble, but regardless, um, I think he'll be able to carry that through. I think Adebayo will be decent. He might not have the most stellar series, but he'll be all right. Um, but Denver, I think they have, um, some great, you know, home court and, and, you know, Denver area. Those fans are really getting behind this team. Now that they're in the finals, they've made it further than this team ever has, you know, hasn't, they haven't won a championship or been to a final series since the ABA days. Right. So the community getting behind that team, um, Jokic playing at another level. And I don't think even if he's slowed a little bit by, you know, the bright lights of the final stage, he's still going to be phenomenal. Cause I mean, he was just historically dominant up to this point, you know, Jamal Murray seems like a guy who's not going to shy away from the moment. They've got better depth overall, I think than Miami, you know, a lot of Miami supporting oh, pieces yeah. are are new, you know, kind of new to this stage as well. So that would be my pick. I still think it'll be a close series throughout because both teams are going to have some big adjustments to, they'll have to make as far as getting used to that stage. But that would be my pick. Justin, let's hear you tear that <laughs> apart. <laughs> um, First of all, well, <laughs> hold up. Let me say that like Charles Barkley. Already. First of all, um. I think 
the Nuggets are too inconsistent to really be a championship contending team. And I think, honestly, the Heat are going to be able to do it. The Heat have had a tough road to the finals, given the, the Nuggets have two. But the Heat had to beat Boston. They had to beat New York, who were fighting like mad dogs. And they gentlemen swept Milwaukee, even with Giannis almost averaging a triple-double in the games they played. Mm-hmm. And there are a few big, big reasons. First and foremost with Jimmy Buckets Butler, um, possibly one of the most electrifying players in the entirety of the NBA. One of my favorites to watch in the playoffs. That dude turns from like a almost an all-star caliber player to um, dang near the best player in the world when he wants to. And I love that about him. Mm. Second, Bam. Bam may be one of the only players in the entire NBA that can guard Jokic. Um, And I say that because I think he's one of the only players in the NBA that can guard Giannis. And I believe Giannis might be more unstoppable than Jokic. Um, Bam plays really good on ball. He plays really good help side defense. He's like a shark, right? He'll wait till the ball comes inside and he'll come and he'll just pack it off the backboard. So I think Bam is a good counter to Giannis. I think Jimmy Butler is better than Jamal Murray. Um, And then the rest of the Heat roster are just short white dudes that can score. And not even all of them are white, but all of them can just randomly have 30 points. And it it's just it's just fun to watch people like Gabe Vincent or Max Struess or mm-hmm. you know, they've they've had lots of guys step up, especially with Tyler Hero being out. I I think those guys can carry the rest of the weight, and I think Heat win in five or six. Wow, five or six. So not a not a seven game series, and not even gonna give the nuggets that. Yeah. Now, maybe a hot take, but I don't think the Nuggets were as good as Milwaukee. I don't think the Nuggets are as good as Boston. So I I don't know. I mean, you're you might be playing the best player in the world in Nikola Jokic, but single guys don't win championships. Single guys. All right, fair enough. Uh Wyatt, let's hear your thoughts. We've heard one for Denver, one for Miami. You're the tiebreaker. What do you think? I'm Denver all the way. I, oh. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked that the Heat in five. I, I was, I'm going to say Denver in five, oh. uh, maybe six because it's the finals and there's always more games played than there should be. I feel like. Um, <laughs> uh, my reasoning for that, I will say the Heat were one of the teams that I most drastically underrated this year. Uh, and I will say. You know, most of the regular season, I didn't watch as much basketball as I would have liked to, but I did watch uh, basically every game in the conference finals. Um, and the Heat are a great team, no doubt about it. Uh, and I was shocked that I had picked them to not play as well as they did. But I'm going to say the exact opposite of Justin I think they're way too inconsistent. When I watched them play game five against the Celtics, I was like shocked at how terrible they looked, honestly. Like ridiculous amount of turnovers and inability to to score. It was just, and there seemed to be this weird thing going on with Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler where like, you know, (laughs) there's this big thing going on of like Jimmy Butler stole the, the um, MVP, you know, from Caleb Martin, and it should have been Caleb Martin's. And it seemed almost like that was going on on court, where, like, Caleb Martin was, like, 
a little hesitant to give the ball to Jimmy and kind of wanted to take some dumb shots to almost prove himself being the MVP. I don't know. Maybe that was just a weird vibe I was getting, but there seemed to be something there. And then they're riddled with injury, you know, like mm-hmm. there was that ankle roll by Vincent. Of course, Hero and Odipo are out. Uh, someone else had something going on, right? Didn't Kyle Lowry have a knee thing that? So, yeah, I believe yeah, so. Just like they're they're riddled with injury. They started throwing in Haywood Highsmith, who actually did surprisingly well. Um, so good for him. But like a guy who's like not really played all year, right? They're, they're like they're digging deep to to even <laughs> keep people on the court. Yeah, and when I watched the Nuggets play. I I felt like they were um I I won't say that Jokic is super consistent as far as scoring goes but I felt like the whole team was very consistent like they they were getting buckets consistently and even though Jokic would have like a quarter where he wouldn't score at all it wasn't like he was just uh playing like trash you know he was he was still dishing and still uh contributing to the game but he just didn't have to score because he has, you know, people that it, it, he can kick it out to KCP uh, and, you know, Bruce Brown has had some pretty big moments and Michael Porter Jr. Like uh, <laughs> it was mentioned earlier, he doesn't pass and, but sometimes he can get freaking hot from outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like they just seemed like they were consistently getting buckets didn't seem like they had to really work that hard for him because for some reason the Lakers kept double teaming Jokic inside. And I, I understand the idea behind double teaming Jokic, but sometimes you just got to let the stars eat. Like they're going to get the points that they're going to get. But when you start bringing your wings in for entire games to double team and letting four other guys drop as many threes as they want, then you're not going to win the game. Little right. soapbox there. I was gonna um, say, yeah, <laughs> getting pretty passionate a there. Poor execution <laughs> on the Lakers on freaking defense. Um. <laughs> anyway, I I think that the Nuggets are gonna win. Uh, and I mean Jimmy Butler is a madman, so he will make it interesting, regardless. Oh, and the other thing was, I don't I don't actually feel like Bam can match up very well. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I I feel like Jokic can kind of have his way with with Bam. I felt like Robert Williams. That was why I was like, I felt like the Celtics would compete better than the Heat against the Nuggets because I feel like Robert Williams is a pretty good matchup for Jokic, but maybe not. I don't know. Mm, so a lot of rebuttal there, and also some some personal just, opinion though. yeah it's grievances <laughs> really shared about the lakers <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely no i think we've all we've all shared some pretty good points justin you did get outvoted two to one so <laughs> i did Sorry. but the nuggets don't have eric spolstra so oh that's another good point we'll we forgot to mike mention malone. that <laughs> yeah i mean mike malone's good but yeah eric spolstra with the experience multi-time champ in his own right so yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be a great kicker. series. Exper- yeah, like play, uh, championship experience, finals yeah. experience. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
five finals trips, two titles. That's that's pretty good. So yeah. both teams, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but uh, regardless, yeah, I think both teams have a lot riding for them, uh, a lot working for them rather, and they're it's going to be a great series either way. So I think we're all excited to tip that off again. That's tomorrow. It's on ABC. Uh, I'm definitely tuning in and it'll be exciting. We'll have that <laughs> Friday show for you to wrap that up, but real quick, let's go ahead and give you our, this day in history fact before we finish things up. Uh, and we're going to do two different facts because both of these were so good. I couldn't share just one and leave the other out. So the first one comes from 1999, May 31st of 1999, San Antonio Spurs forward, Sean Elliott, Tiptoes the sideline before knocking down the game-winning three-pointer, delivering the Spurs a, quote, Memorial Day miracle in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, that was against Portland. It's a phenomenal shot. Uh, definitely recommend YouTubing it. And then the other one comes from 2007, uh, May 31st of 2007. Cleveland Cavaliers forward LeBron James scored the team's final 25 points in a double overtime win against the Detroit Pistons in game five of the Eastern conference finals that helped lift them to their first finals where it should be noted. They did get swept by the Spurs, but uh, LeBron didn't have a ton else to work with on that team. So that should also be noted. Um, But we're just out of time here. We'll go ahead and, and call it there again on Friday. We'll be focusing on recapping game one Uh, should be a good show. Our Instagram page crossover across time. We share all sorts of content there. Great place to go guys. Any closing remarks in the final couple of seconds before we finish this up. Thanks Carson. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. you. Yep. Thanks to you, Justin. Thanks to you, Wyatt. It's been a great show and uh, listening audience. We'll be back with you on Friday. 